Welcome to Shoalhaven Youth Local, a show where we focus on everything local in Shoalhaven. From current events and community groups, to local history and the best places to be, and even our favourite local personalities. We've got you covered. So if you ever wanted to know son, where to go or where to volunteer even, from a youth perspective, then listen in. You might be surprised by what's just outside your front door. My name's Brodie Whalen, and this is my tribe. My biggest influence would have to be my pop. My pop was a madman for the ocean. Um, a bit crazy about it, like crazy in love, so was his dad. Um, came from a bit of a fishing family actually, so there's a lot of... He would always just talk about the amazing things he would see and do in the ocean, and over time it was just really eating away at me and I really wanted to see that for myself. My pop was a fisherman and a lobster diver. So my nan, always into seafood, uh, loved free lobsters for dinner, which pop could get every night, which was pretty funny. The major thing I would say was that the ocean always brought him spirit, made him happy. And to see the change in attitude that when he came out of the water, I really wanted that for myself and to see what it felt like to have that. And it feels pretty special to have the same feeling that my pop did in the water. My passion for the ocean grew quickly, actually. Um, around the age of 13, I started spearfishing with a group of mates from school. And then on, I just quickly became a freak for the ocean. <laughs> yeah, there was just something about it that really drew me in. At first, I was all about hunting and gathering food, so spearfishing, um, lobster diving on the south coast. But after spending endless hours in the ocean, I began to realise there was a side of beauty that I never really thought that I would experience. Um, it was only till probably 16 that I started free diving a little bit more without any equipment and just wanted, it's a practice of meditation to relax and let go of all anxiety. So yeah, so around the age of 16, I just got very hungry. There's a lot of hunger towards showing people what there was out there. My name's Monica Mudge. I'm from an organisation called Treading Lightly. I'm the founder and the president. And Treading Lightly is a not-for-profit, environmental, community-based organisation. The first time I met Brody actually was a long time ago. He was only a little tacker. And then after the fires, we were um, doing a planting session out on um, Robert Miller's rainforest that he lost, or part of the rainforest that he lost. And I was speaking to the wellbeing officer at the high school and saying, do you have any young people out there that might be interested in coming using some of their filming skills to come and you know, capture some of this on video? Because I realised very quickly after the fires, the more that we could document and capture in terms of assets that we could fall back on later on and, and you know, um, use as a case study, I guess, uh, for such a horrific incident would, you know, would be really great. And so, yeah, he got Brody to come out and, yeah, I was just blown away by Brody that day. He was just so enthusiastic and so passionate about the environment and really passionate about 
what he was doing and filming and just worked with you know people we had people there from all sorts of demographics different ages and everybody just loved him he just has this really beautiful way with people yeah so when Brody come back to us with his finished product for the rainforest planting uh, we got such a beautiful response from that and we were really grateful to have that captured because the community that were involved it, it really felt like um, a gift to them as well and then shortly after that we were getting involved with um, another campaign uh, locally with the Manana residents who were looking to potentially lose and still are uh, a really important part of corridor and bushland that was left after the fires in, in amongst all this devastation. So we as an organisation decided to get on board and try and help these guys with their campaign. Um, and part of that was again capturing some of this on film uh, so that we could show the world through social media basically. So I rang Brody and had a chat to him and then along with some other local filmmakers um, we got them on board who helped mentor Brody and did some filming with him. Um, and again, he came back with this beautiful, amazing video that just went viral, you know, across the world. And I was so, so proud of him. So the next campaign we were looking at was um, an ongoing one that I'm personally very, very passionate about, which was the Bateman's Marine Sanctuaries. And so I really wanted Brody. I know he has a love for the ocean and I'd seen what he'd done on land, um, but I really wanted to get him out doing some stuff, you know, in the ocean. So we went out diving with Wobegon Freedive and yeah, he got some incredible footage with them and oh, just seeing him in the water just was the next level. He was just so, it's his, it's his place. All right, well, my name's Lara. Oh, and my name is Dylan. <laughs> Our business is called Wobegone Freedive. We are one of the only, I think we're the only freediving tour operator in Australia. So um, we met Brody through Monica. Um, Monica runs Treading Lightly. And I think it was Monica sort of got, sort of connected us because she recently had I think they recently just set up Brody with sort of an underwater housing and um, wanted him to get some shots of the local marine life and local dive sites to promote the sanctuary zone. So yeah, we sort of linked up through that and I think we got him out on our boat instantly. Yeah, we got him out on our boat and yeah, just instantly sort of connected and loved everything that he was doing. Just amazed at his energy and enthusiasm. <laughs> and how young he was, which was, yeah, we were really shocked. So, yeah, I think that was the initial connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so when I first got assigned to my first underwater film job, Lara and Dylan were very excited to have me on board and they basically just threw me on every boat tour for free. And um, this, allowed me to see things that I'd never seen before because on the south coast we do have beautiful marine life but when you go to Jervis Bay the prehistoric rock formations and the amount of life there is intense it's just amazing and to be able to see that really 
Yeah, so after being introduced to that amount of biodiversity in marine life, I kind of just the urge grew stronger on me and I was completely fascinated with the ocean and wanted to share everything that I saw with my own eyes on digital film. Yeah, and so I got out of the water that day and I thought we need to use Brody's passion and his skills to capture some of the really important issues that are going on in Batemans Marine Park here locally because the Batemans Marine Park starts at Borley Point. And I know Brody loves to go out there fishing with his granddad a lot and, and diving. So yeah, so I had a chat to him and he was, of course, he was like, came back to me with, you know, a bit of a script and um, what he wanted to do very quickly. So yeah, I went back to my committee and I said, we need to support Brody in getting some housing for his camera so we can get some footage and some assets from him. And we had some grant funding from Patagonia that we'd applied for after the bushfires. Um, and it wasn't essentially just for bushfires, but it was about protecting our environment as a whole. So I put it to our committee um, and we had a discussion over it and we all agreed that, yeah, it was definitely worthwhile getting this housing for Brody so that we could push this campaign. And it again has gone, you know, viral. So he came up with the most beautiful, heartwarming, yeah, video that yeah just touched everyone so going on the boat with wobbygon they had a lot of experience in deep water diving and just overall free diving in general and i did have fears that came through to me but knowing those guys had my back i felt more confident to enter the water and with the knowledge that they had and the passion they had for me towards me that really drove me to push my comfort zone more and more. So with the freediving course, it's it's ninety five percent mental. So you you know it's you're dealing with every you know everyone's personal challenges and anxieties and yeah. So yeah, it's not really a physical thing. It's it's mainly yeah. It's a lot you, more than just snorkeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think with Brody, um, just giving him access to come out, like to come out with us and come out on the boat and sort of, I guess we did kind of throw him in the deep end. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Jervis Bay is that it's it's a big, it's a big play, big marine park, and it kind of looks a bit scary when you pull up in the boat. Yeah. Um, because of the big cliffs and, I don't know, the water can be kind of dark and scary, but <laughs> <laughs> it can be very, very daunting for people, but I've been doing it, well, we've both been doing it for a decade now, mm. and we're come back alive every trip <laughs> so you you kind of lose that that fear so yeah I like to I like to push people everyone and I probably I guess we probably did push yeah. Brody a little bit you know into I guess with the diving side we've um, tried to share as much knowledge you know with the diving aspect but what was really cool with Brody is he came with already like this natural talent um, to take these amazing photos and I feel like I feel like you already had that uh, really like natural ability because we you already got the right attitude. Yeah, and just what was really cool is like we get so many photographers on our tours and many with huge you know Instagram followings. And then when I sort of you know get some of their photos from them coming out with us and compare them with 
what Brody takes, it's just like his qual- the quality what, that he's taking. Yeah, and he really captures the moment. And what's just really cool, like diving with Brody, he'd be like, "All right, like dive down there." Like he'll tell you exactly, you know, what to do underwater. Well, he's, he's got something in his mind yeah, that, that he, he wants to like create. <laughs> it's really interesting to watch the process. Yeah, and have really strong direction from a photographer in the water. You know, I've never really had before until I met Brody, and it was just yeah, you know, it was really cool just him to be able to like you know what for him to know what he wanted to get out of that um, photo. Or yeah, it was really nice. Every every time I enter the water for a dive, uh, with my housing or not, I feel a sense of relief and I feel a lot more relaxed because. Society today is very stressful and to be able to move away from all of that and be in a world of just practically unknown really gets my excitement up and makes me feel alive because there's not a whole lot out there now that makes you feel alive. So, you're so little in the ocean. Everyone can say that you're going to do this, you're going to be so good at that, but when you hit the ocean, it's the other way around. It doesn't care whether you're going to succeed or not. The ocean really just focuses on itself. The the ocean has this really beautiful uh, ability to just cleanse, basically. Um, And it's it's another world, like being, whether you're surfing or you're diving or you're just even watching the ocean it has this ability to transform and when particularly like with Brody being in the water um, you see this whole different world that you don't see above and you see a whole different uh, life form you oh, it's just so hard it's hard to explain and I can only go back to myself as a young person and remember what it was like for me because my activism started from the ocean even though I was petrified of it. You know, I had grown up to be, you know, told sharks are scary, all that sort of stuff, don't go in the water. But I still, there was something about it that I just knew uh, was my home. And I think for young people, particularly, you know, anyone really, but in this area, it's part of their lives. And once they get in there and, and start to understand it more and become stewards of the ocean, it gives them a sense of identity and belonging. And that's a really important thing for them during this time of uncertainty and you know craziness that's going on in the world. It's something to ground back to. You've just got to take it for what it is and that's what makes me feel so good, being feeling little in the ocean. Traditionally, I could stand on land shooting above water, which is still complex, but to be able to dive down on one breath, adjust camera settings and take a photo whilst a moment only lasts a few seconds, it's very hard to capture an image with a shortage of time. The the main biggest factor is breath hold. You're down there on the bottom taking the best photo you can and over time your breath wears out. And because you're so caught up in the moment, you don't understand the impact your breath hold is having on your body and you start to feel weak. And 
you only have a short amount of time. So your body is telling you you have to come up. And with your mind seeing what is in front of you, the, you naturally just want to stay down. And when you force yourself to stay down due to the moment only lasting a few more seconds, you feel more weak. Um, everything starts to go a little bit gray. I've had that a few times. Your legs become really weak, so you can't really focus on reaching the surface properly. Yeah, the, the, big, the biggest scare of free diving with marine life in my specialty of photography is the breath because once you run out of breath down there, you are not surfacing because it's not so much that the subject is going to hurt you, it's the fact that you are going to hurt yourself to capture the subject. The first few images that I posted on Instagram as my social media platform, um, I got a lot of exposure from that. I was actually very surprised that my underwater work took off rather than above water. So it really showed that a lot more people are engaging with stuff they haven't seen before. At first, I was so caught up in all of the beauty underwater that I didn't really get time to think about the uncomfortable things to come. So before my housing came into place, I was all about just connection with the sea. And then as soon as I got funded my housing, I became very aware of the problems faced with the ocean today. And I felt as if I had a job to share and persuade people to care, to take more care of the ocean um, and get on board of what was happening and what needs to be done to save our oceans because there's always a chance for save. My aim was to focus on showing the beauty of the bottom of the ocean, but with the laws being in put in place by the government, they were planning on reducing the amount of marine parks and sanctuaries in Batemans Bay. Yeah, so we got Brody to help us with the Batemans Marine Sanctuaries because um, at the moment uh, there's this really beautiful sanctuary to the south of us and one to the north and both very, very important for our biodiversity and ecosystems, um, carbon capturing, oxygen um, production, so many things. And uh, the one to the south of us, the Batemans Marine Sanctuary at the moment, have just had seven of the actual, what's a, a marine park, but the seven of the sanctuaries within the park during the fires were uh, repealed and taken away so that people could then go back in there and recreational fish. So before they were um, locked out to fishing, and particularly some of the, not, not the whole lot, but some of the more no, what we call no-take zones. So you're not allowed to take anything from those areas. And that's really important because they're essential breeding grounds. Um, and we really need to look after those bigger um, species of fish, make sure they grow to full maturity, um, and make sure that our apex predators, and I'm not just talking about sharks, but things like snapper, um, uh, blue gropers, all of those sorts of things. We really need them to keep our oceans healthy and keep the balance in that um, ecosystem and keep the biodiversity alive and well. 
So it's a bit devastating to think that the government has gone and done this at a time when everybody was really, you know, you know, having a bit of a crazy time with the bushfires. There's real risks that we could lose more and at the moment we're trying to have that repeal overturned so that we can get those sanctuaries back into place, particularly because there's a, a big issue in terms of what they call urchin barrens in, on our south coast. And to me, after being at a symposium, a full day symposium with scientists, fishermen, divers, environmentalists, you name it, uh, last week, the first solution, you know, they talk about all these ways of human intervention to fix the problem. But the first solution is to protect those bigger species that, you know, eat the urchins like the blue gropers and the snappers and things like that. So we need to, we need to really look after these little pockets that are so precious. Um, there's plenty out there for, for people to fish in and do all those things, but we need these little protection zones. What we're focusing on and what we're trying to raise awareness with is threats to the Great Southern Reef. So not many people actually know about the Great Southern Reef. Um, so it's, it's a huge living, breathing organism that runs from around the Byron Bay area, um, around the bottom of Australia up to the Ningaloo Reef. So we're lucky, you know, to be, you know, to have just a small section of that here in the Jervis Bay Marine Park. But we're, I guess we're trying to raise awareness um, of some threats that it's facing. Um, and one in particular that we're focusing on at the moment is the issue of the urchin barrens. So basically it's a native, it's a native species that, that has proliferated due to numerous reasons, warming warming seas, removal of predators, um, nutrient runoff. Uh, There's a whole bunch of factors affecting the imbalance and they essentially just decimate whole sections of reef. And New South Wales is, I think, 50% 50 shallow water, Mm -hmm. so 0 to 15 metres is now barren rock. And um, it's an issue because it produces huge quantities of oxygen and it's also habitat for countless species and I guess I'm worried it might get to the point where it tips and gets even worse. Yeah. It's hard because it's all related to climate change as well and drastically altering human behaviour. The government have not seen what it's like underwater there. That Everyone knows that. Um, and if I could show those guys a few pieces of footage or a few images of what it's like down there, like the marine life and the reefs and what everything looks like and how alive it is, I'm sure they wouldn't want to get rid of those marine parks. I want to show people the beauty and show spirit and that our oceans are still fighting and they're still alive. Yeah, so we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the problem, but I guess what we're just trying to do and what we can do ourselves is just let people know what's happening under the water and let people know that this is like a local issue. Um, so I guess, yeah, more people are talking about it than likely some, you know, something will happen to Awareness. It. Yeah. That's all we can really do right now. Yeah. We don't really, I don't have a science background, so. I think that's one of the main reasons why... Um, you know, it's awesome to get Brody out so then 
you know, to share the photos and the visuals to a wider audience. I think it's really cool, not just our customers, but it, it definitely will reach a wider, a wider audience, which is really cool. Pushing yourself into the unknown is an unexpected thing. When you push yourself, you see things and you believe in yourself more than you did before. If you grow the courage to push yourself, um, you open your doors for yourself and make yourself feel a lot better and appreciate things around you more. I basically just feel privileged. Um, to have people in the community that follow and see my work is amazing. At the moment, I'm receiving a lot more feedback and publicity from my work. And that just makes me feel a sense of a team that have got my back. So the community is really supporting me. A lot of young people are pushed into the direction of, um, you know, their careers in, um, I, don't, I don't know how, quite how to say it, but not really linking their, what they're passionate about and being able to use that passion to actually make a career off that. And with Brody, I really see this potential for him to actually focus his energy um, on these environmental issues because this is a big thing now. Um, and because he delivers it so beautifully and passionately, it has such a huge impact. So his skills could easily be, I guess, taken down the pathway of doing things like real estate footage and stuff like that, you know, which he'll be very good at and which does provide income. But we also need to find that balance for people like him where he can use those skills to really make change and, and make an impact. And I can see, you know, there's real potential there for Brody to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to try and find pathways for that to happen because I know there's something there for him. Yeah. I feel like I can go anywhere in the world. That if I follow my passion, I will go anywhere in the world the water takes me. So that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to our show. Shoalhaven Youth Local is a show dedicated to sharing local info about the Shoalhaven from a youth perspective. If you want any information from the show, you can find it in our show notes at our podcast, Shoalhaven Youth Local. And don't forget to subscribe and share the show with all your favourite locals. Shoalhaven Youth Local is made possible with funding from the New South Wales Office of Communities and Justice. Catch you next time!